Welcome to the 167 Podcast, a podcast to inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Our goal is to help you live into the 167 hours of your week away from church. And now your host, Shannon Patterson. Well, hey, Porch community, and welcome to episode 96 of the 167 Podcast. I'm Shannon Patterson, the lead pastor of the Porch Community Church, and I'm here, as always, with my good friend, Josh Harrell, our media pastor. Hello, Josh. Hey, Shannon. How's it going? It's going great. We should do a radio show. Uh, This is kind of what a 2022 (laughs) radio show is. We just don't do it every day, except during Holy Week. Yeah, that's very true. Yes. Yeah, we don't. Um, How's it going? Well, you told me. It's going. Hey. Yeah. I mean, it's it's going good, but I woke up with a stiff neck, Uh and... That doesn't happen very often, yeah. so it's kind of off-putting for me. Yes, understood. you know, it kind of throws a crink in every oh. crick in everything I got going on. Yeah. So it and if I don't, and I'm trying to keep my head moving and stuff because yeah. if you don't, then it gets sore from not moving. I wonder if people like listening right now are like rolling their neck a little bit and like Maybe. and loosening their shoulders. Yeah, <clears throat> probably not. Well, I just came from physical therapy from my pickleball, my yeah. pickleball incident. And, so and get getting better. old fun. It is. It's exciting. You know, like I was telling Kristen, I was like, I'm finally getting to the point where my brain <laughs> says you're not as old as you feel. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, mm-hmm. like, cause yep. you know, I used, I don't wake up with a stiff neck very often. And, <laughs> and when I do, it's not like a debilitating thing for the day. Yeah. So <sighs> I get it. I get it. I'm, I've been, I have been there for a while. So like, I, yeah. Like these yeah. are the kind of days when I decide to, redo my entire life i'm gonna eat healthy and i'm gonna go work out and i'm not never gonna feel like this again yeah and then in two weeks i'm i'm eating all you can eat tacos at taco bell (laughs) well i was just thinking like at this point it's like i'm at the point in my life where it's like every new activity comes with an injury you just don't know what it's gonna be so it's all right whatever um so now that we've like bummed people out about getting old um (laughs) did you watch the funeral I mean, like ten minutes of it. The Queen's funeral, I yeah. guess, is what I should specify that. Yeah, I, I mean, because those those. You say events, ten minutes? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I watched like hours of it. Well, from my again, if you want to know my stance on it, listen to last week's episode. Oh, true. Yeah. But um, these events do have a great production value, mm-hmm. and it is worth watching for that. Yeah. Even if you like, even if like, I mean, I don't want to. Uh, belittle someone's death but mm-hmm. even if you're not interested in the funeral mm-hmm. and you like production those kind of i mean they are the most produced events in the world yeah i mean so just incredibly historic yeah just that that's why i watch it. i mean i'm interested but it's just an historic event that i'm gonna be like yeah i watched that you know mm-hmm. so it's, yeah. it's pretty pretty interesting um, so we are, uh, doing a companion podcast to our Leviticus series. Yep. Um, and we, this past Sunday, we kind of finally started to bring the plane in for a landing a little bit. Um, we, we definitely zeroed in a little bit more and, and spent some time talking about the sacrifices or the offerings in the first mm-hmm. <clears throat> five chapters of Leviticus. And um, so I thought we would do uh, just a continuation of the, the conversation on the offerings and sacrifices today. Okay. So you cool for that? Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? I kind of just went into it. Anything else you wanted to mention? I don't know. No. Okay. 
All right. Yeah, well, I keep good. playing with this cord. I should probably yeah, stop. Yeah, you should probably I'm, quit I'm like, that. Yeah, I know the sound guy's like, stop it. Yeah. I'm fiddling things. Um, so I, I know I've pointed this out, and uh, chronological, or uh, in regard to how it is placed in the book, the Torah, anyway, is chronological, the first five books. But Leviticus picks up right where Exodus let off. And so, um, left off, excuse me, at the end of Exodus, after the tabernacle with all of its extreme detail has finally been completed, um, God fills the tent with his glory. Um, but his presence is too holy. We've talked about that. I mean, so not even Moses, the one who was given the instructions on building it and was given the responsibility of leading God's people, not even Moses is able to enter into the presence. You, you read about that in Exodus chapter 40. So the question that Exodus leaves us with is, okay, how then can we be in God's presence? If he right. desires yeah. us, how does that happen? And so what Leviticus does is it starts to answer that question. It gives us atonement. It mm -hmm. gives us atonement. And atonement is a word I've mentioned a few times. And um, it has a range of meaning. Um, but basically what atonement means, it, it can it can mean either like just wiping something clean. Like just it's a done deal. It's never happened. It could also mean like paying a ransom, yeah. a ransom price. Um, and so in that regard, in order for sinful people, people who are not holy, to come into the holy presence of God, they need to have that atonement. They need to be cleaned. They need to be wiped clean. Their sin needs to be covered, paid for. Like um, debt paid. Right. So how is that question, you know, brings up and the answer for Again, you know, you've heard me say many times, like, before the cross or after the cross, mm -hmm. and we view, well, before the cross, the answer is in these offerings and these sacrifices. Um, so the offerings that God prescribes in Leviticus, they, um, we definitely need to make sure, as we read it and as we view it through the cross, even for us now, it's not um, like a human uh, attempt to you know go hey we will if maybe if we burn this bull god will love us like mm -hmm. it's not that kind of a thing like to appease god um or make him like us better the offerings in leviticus are god's gracious gift god has set this up i talked about that Sunday is that God is holy, mm -hmm. God is gracious, and God wants to be in relationship with us. And so Leviticus is, even though, you, so a lot of us, we view Leviticus as like this book of just extreme rules and details, and we should view it through the lens of God's grace. Mm -hmm. It is God's gracious yeah. work that he's making this possible um, to give us uh, people uh, the opportunity to be forgiven and be near him. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. You know, and this is a complete side thing, but mm -hmm. uh, I like how you said that the sacrifices weren't necessary for God to like us better. Mm -hmm. It was to, to get us to where we could approach him. Mm -hmm. Right. Know? Because what you see in Hollywood and other religions, mm -hmm. it's the sacrifice is that the gods would grant us favor right. on for whatever. Mm -hmm. It was, we're giving him this so they'll like us better. Right. You know? But that, 
but that's not like even in mm-hmm. the Old Testament law, it's not even there with that. Yeah, and I think you make. Uh, I would even go a half step further in that. I think sometimes we we have that mindset of if I if I make these sacrifices, if we mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. if we throw the virgin into the volcano, then yes. the god then the god will not make the volcano erupt on us. Exactly. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And it's like so if we do these things, then he won't bring harm upon us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about relationship. Yep. It's about relationship, mm-hmm. and how easy. But I will, and I, I think this is true of everything and true of our walk in Christ now, is we can view it as a transaction or we can view it as a relationship. Oh, yeah, a thousand percent. And so, um, you know, it's, we've talked about, you know, fire insurance, you know, mm-hmm. um, Halloween's coming upon us. You know, there's going to probably be some hell houses opening up somewhere where they try and scare scare people out of mm-hmm. hell judgment house. you know judgment yeah. house that's what it is yeah and um and like okay i better get my fire insurance so i don't mm-hmm. burn in hell you know well i mean get yes. sanctified before your chicken fry right. <laughs> that is awesome yeah <laughs> i love it get right um, before you get left you know there's all these things <laughs> you got all you got all the lines yeah i like it i like it um so here's something that i didn't um point out in Sunday's message uh, regarding the offerings. So there are five that are, are laid out here in these first five and a half chapters of Leviticus. The first three of the offerings, um, so the burnt offering, the grain offering, and the peace offering, the first three offerings in Leviticus, um, they are also called the ascension offerings, the ascension, because um they are burned, both all three of these, mm-hmm. and smoke arises. And you read several times in Scripture where it talks about the aroma was pleasing to the Lord in this regard. Yeah. And so there is a visible representation of this going up, upwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... With the burnt offering, we know it's it's the most co- it's the costliest sacrifice that the whole animal is burned up. Um, in the grain offering, there's a portion uh, that uh, is burned up and goes upward. In the peace offering, it's the one that's optional, but it's like a mm-hmm. I want to do this, Lord. Um, a portion of the animal is burned and goes up, and then they they share the rest and eat it. Um, and so. This all of this, just to reiterate, is about being able to be closer to God, to be closer to God's presence, and God has set this up. And what we know, and I will reiterate this with every one of these sacrifices, is that um, with, for instance, okay, in the peace offering, right, a portion is burned up, but then the worshiper and the priest and um, others are fed as well. And so there is this, there's a meal shared mm-hmm. and it's a celebratory yep. meal and it's a celebratory meal of I'm in, I'm in right relationship with God. Um, and so when we think about that, uh, Jesus fulfilled every aspect of this system of sacrifice and he calls us to a meal. I mm-hmm. mean, that brings us right to communion. Yeah. And, you know, we're working on an upcoming series and, and we're going to be talking a lot about kind of that imagery and mm-hmm. what does that mean and what does that set up for us? Um, because even when you, when you think about it, 
many of the things that we deem um, special or important or, um, you know, those, those uh, emotional things that draw us closer to other people, they are direct correlations to our relationship with God. Yes. I mean, I've, you know, one of the things I've said many times is like the table is a, is an intimate place, mm-hmm. which, you know, if, if you're like, um, you know, a 12 year old boy, then you might go, hoo, hoo, hoo. like, what does that mean? Like you can make that a weird like thing, but the intimacy of the table is about like, it's the sharing of a meal. Like yeah. that, you don't, um, I know it, it, there's it, so many 12 year old boys that listen to this all podcast. the 12 year old boys. We have a big 12 year old boy audience. Um, so we should probably start talking about like Pokemon and, uh, maybe not even Pokemon. I, don't I mean, know. I could go off. I mean, you could, you could, we could talk some Marvel stuff anyway. Um, but no, like it. When we think about the table, let's don't think of it like a cafeteria. Yeah. You know, or um, you know, like you're at Disney and you're trying to, you're just trying to find a place to sit down, and so you'll sit next to five people you don't know because you just want to eat your food. But like the table of like people gathering together and it being like this meal, like a Thanksgiving meal. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, a, a meal that gathers. Anyway, I'm going off into a tangent yeah. there. I have one tangent question that okay. I've that I've been looking up, uh-huh. and I thought about it on Sunday, and I've done a little bit while you're preaching. I thought about it, and then I went off on a reading tangent uh-huh. while you're preaching. So apologize for that. I, I, I do it all the time when I hear other people. But speak, so um, okay. you know, and it, I have a question. So and I couldn't find an answer for it. And we talk about a grain offering. Yes. Now, when Cain and Abel yes uh, made their offerings. Yep. Cain was the farmer, mm-hmm. and Abel was the shepherd. Mm-hmm. But his offering, Cain's offering of the best of his crop, yep. was not acceptable. Mm-hmm. So what happens to where now grain offering is encouraged? Hmm. Well, I don't know that one. Um, it seems like... Um, That's where I was for like two and a half hours on Sunday, and I could not find an answer. Yeah. Because... That's that's really interesting to me that in Genesis, mm-hmm. a, and I'll call it a grain offering, isn't accepted. But then in Leviticus, it talks about it's one of the main five. Yeah. And yeah. so I tried to dig into that, and I couldn't really find any, mm. like, a Google search where grain offering becomes mentioned in the Bible, and it goes back to your stuff in Leviticus. And no one, no one is really, I guess, no one's really decided to go on a tangent of when crops were accepted as an offering. Yeah. Because uh, I couldn't really find anything on the on the interwebs about that either. <laughs> so, like, there's no commentary on, on that that I could find. Yeah. So, it, that's, well, that's just an interesting question mm-hmm. that I have. When, when, you, when you look at the text in Genesis, when you, when you read this in Genesis 4, um, I don't think it's about what was brought it was about the intention behind what was brought. And Genesis 4, 3 says that Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. Abel brought of the firstborn of his flock. God accepted only one of the offerings. Um, and the, the Lord, how does it say that, um, that Cain took... He became bitter and angry. Yes, yeah. It was by... Um, where was it? I was reading this. I'm. So, this is like riveting. Sorry, riveting stuff. I, I know I'm taking yeah. you off on a tangent. No, 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 no. I think it's a good point, but um, 
Abel gave his gift in faith and Cain, God did not regard Cain's gift because Cain did not offer it in faith. He offered it in obligation. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Um, so I don't think it was about what was offered versus mm-hmm. um, how it was offered, yeah. which would be true of anything, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that's a really good question. And so. just because, and you look at the different times, just because they were able to set it on fire doesn't mean it was actually accepted based on the person's right. heart and everything. Right. So, so, I mean, that makes sense. For sure, yeah. Um, so with... Um, uh, where were we? Oh, the grain offering. Well, yeah. Sorry, I, I took no, you way no, no, off. No, 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 no. And I just want—I wanted. <laughs> when you started talking, about it, I was like, I gotta hurry up before she gets too far away yeah, from it. Yeah. So, um, with the the we were talking about the meal of Leviticus, um, with the peace offering, um, that can that's that's our story too. In order for us to be in God's presence, to be His people. We need to realize that Jesus did fulfill, in fact, every aspect of this whole system. Romans eight thirty two, we 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 read that Jesus is the true, the whole offering. He gave Himself completely for us on the cross to earn our atonement, to wipe us clean, to make us clean, to make us be able to go before the Lord. In John six thirty five, Jesus is referred to when you think about the grain offering, um, the bread of life. Um, And not only that, but the grain offering provided for the priest. Because remember, that was just Mm -hmm. a portion that was scooped out. And um, Jesus' sacrifice, you know, when you compare that, you know, you look at bread and food and sustenance. um, Jesus' sacrifice is what sustains all believers, all Mm -hmm. the priesthood of believers um, to this day that we read about in 2 Corinthians. So, um. Jesus is the fulfillment of the the peace offering. He's the fulfillment of all of these. Um, and when we get to in Revelation nineteen nine, you know when when we get to sit down to a final meal with him, physically present at a table, man, at the marriage supper of the Lamb. That would be crazy. Yeah, what is that going to look like? I don't even know. I don't know. You mentioned Golden Corral next week or last <laughs> week. I bet you Golden Corral ain't got nothing on it. Right. So, so the first three are the ascension offerings. We see the smoke. The smoke goes up. It is a visible sign. It is a burning up sign. Um, then there is the sin offering. Um, but the offering, we need to think of it like this. It's not made just because of sin. It's made to do something about the sin. Mm. So it, it's not a, oh, I screwed up. We got to go do this offering. No, it's a, I, I want, this needs to be made right. Mm-hmm. It's so, not a Band-Aid. Correct. Correct. And so I, a good way to think about this is more of a like a an anti-sin or a, a de-sinning, I guess, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, like, because a, like a pert, like. Yeah. Trying to like mm-hmm. purge the sin out of. Yeah, because it removes both the penalty and, um, you know, I talked about Sunday about how when we sin, our sin affects others. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's almost like we, we pollute other people with our sin. Right. So the, the sin offering removes the penalty and cleans up the pollution of the sin, if you will, if to get a visual of that. And so that, that penalty of 
death for a sin offering on an animal, it's symbolically transferred onto the animal by the guilt of that person. Mm-hmm. Laying hands on it before it is killed. And transferring that guilt, it's, it's underlined throughout um, this passage where it says, and you will be forgiven. Yes. Upon the, you know, by, by participating in this, by going through this, by understanding this is what you're doing, you will be forgiven. Mm-hmm. So this is about forgiveness much more than it is about sin, but sin is the reason that you go and do it, which right. is why they call it that. Um, you know, when, you know, I mentioned that, that when, when we sin, um, you know, the blood from the sin offering, it's placed on the altar outside the tent as well. And that signifies the sin covering how it has polluted other people, mm. how it has affected our yeah. sin has affected other people or their sin. Cause it was mm-hmm. back then. So, so blood purifies the altar, um, so that the sacrifices would be even acceptable before the Lord. So you must cleanse the altar. There's, there's this whole concept in, in, well, in the Old Testament, but in Leviticus about the communal aspect of all of this, that it's not just your sin or my sin, but it is a sin of the people. So there's this whole uh, detailed part about, you know, if the priest sins, the sacrifice is higher there is like a status in here mm-hmm. that you see, but it's like if the priest sins, the the blood requirement is more. Yeah, because the priest is overseeing this whole process, and mm-hmm. so um, it, it over and again you you see this this imagery of blood and sacrifice. Um, the the whole setup of the of the sacrifices in the temple. Yes. During this time period is so intricate and hierarchy. And like I feel like we could go through a whole episode of just kind of trying to explain what the the layout the layout of the temple for for Moses and all mm-hmm. that and all that because like going into the holy holies only the highest priest could go in there and rope tied to your ankle rope tied if, if you're not like if you're not if you haven't purged <laughs> your sin you're gonna drop, drop dead, dead. <laughs> yeah and that's why the rope is there to get you out in case mm-hmm. you do yeah you know like this is this stuff is so neat and so like. Um, reverent mm-hmm. to how um, God functions, and yeah. it's it's so neat to see. Yeah, and in the next, uh, you know, this coming Sunday's message is about the priesthood, and so it's going to go into detail about the requirements of the priesthood. Um, so you know, with Exodus, you find the the building of the the tent of meeting, the tabernacle, where everything's going to be, and now you see that okay, now that that's set up, how are the people and the priests mm-hmm. going to What's everyone's part in yeah. this? But it's all about mm-hmm. God being holy, mm-hmm. God being gracious, and God wanting to be in relationship it, with us. And it all points to Jesus too, over and over w- which, and over again. Which is so yeah crazy. Yep. You know, like people that had no like I, I don't want to say cognizance because they were told about Jesus coming, but without even them realizing yep. that they are laying the groundwork. Oh yeah. Of what Jesus is coming to do and what they're doing points directly to him and mm-hmm. what and then what Jesus does points directly back to them of fulfilling everything. It's just so neat how everything about Leviticus points yeah. towards Jesus. Yeah. And, and, and even in these sacrifices. Mm-hmm. And we most definitely through the cross on this side have that um uh privilege, mm-hmm. I guess, of being able to see the bigger we picture. We see both sides yeah, of it. Yeah. 
So because by by believing in Jesus, what we do, we are symbolically bringing that we're we're putting our hand on jesus's head like those in leviticus did with that animal and we're putting our faith in the fact that jesus is the covering for my sin Mm -hmm. he is the atonement he has paid the price for my sin the sins that deserve death which is all of them yeah right yeah (laughs) yeah which is all of them just pointing that part out Yeah. yeah so um I mean, the blood of Jesus cleanses the temple of... Our bodies are called temples. Mm-hmm. Um, so his spirit can come and dwell within us. I mean, First John tells us that. So um, so we have Jesus' blood not only making a way for God to dwell with us, but also for a, a way for us to dwell with God. Again, it's, it goes back to that relationship. So we have the first three ascension offerings. Then there is the sin offering. And, and now with the guilt offering, it... The sin offering and the guilt offering are very connected, and we know, again, that sin has effects. It doesn't just stop with an act or a thought or whatever. It, it, it has effect. It has that ripple effect. One of the things it does is it creates guilt. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, you sin. You're, you're, and sometimes the guilt will show in different ways. It, it could be a sense of remorse or an act of, you know, contrition, like I want to make this right. But it can also be, as I find as a parent, mm-hmm. <laughs> that it could be just about the fear of the punishment that is coming. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> the guilt offering is an internal? What, what do you the mean? The guilt sacrifice? No, it's it's an outward sacrifice. Because okay. uh, I feel like the sin sacrifice mm-hmm. and the guilt sacrifice are like the two that, I mean, I know the least about. Yeah. Yeah, well, they're the most, they're, they're the most, uh, they cross over a lot. And there's even, when you get into reading some of this stuff, there's there's even language in the original, you know, in the Hebrew and the translations of which that some would say, it's not really the sin and the guilt offering. They're very similar. They cover the same things. Um, there's a, a term called olah, if I remember correctly, in regard to the, the sin offering, um, and it, and it really refers to, um, it's the blood covering and it's mm-hmm. not, it, it is about sin, but it, it, it's also about atonement. So mm-hmm. it's, well, I don't really know that into that depth really yeah. how to, how to get there. Cause, cause like, I thought like the blood covering was a part of the burnt sacrifice. Like you, like, see, I thought it was about like the bleeding it, out of the lamb. Yes, and, and it does. Yeah. In those burnt offerings, there is the letting of blood, and mm-hmm. there is the sprinkling of blood. Um, amount, placement, those things have a bit of uh, significance in those things. Mm-hmm. Such as with the with the sin offering, uh, because our sin affects other people, it's placed outside of the tent as well, because mm-hmm. it represents that it's not just an individual you know, uh, relationship restoration moment, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's about that. Um, so our, our sin, like if I steal something, I might feel guilty about it later, but the person I stole from, it also affects them. Correct. So there's this overall thing. And so the guilt offering is meant to deal with both of sin's effects. It covers both. And so after making a guilt offering, what the worshiper would do is, is they could walk away from the tabernacle and know that they are forgiven. However, 
<laughs> this is where, you know, reparations are also paid along with this offering. This is where it comes with an actual cost. The priest would put a value on the damage caused by the sin, which the guilty person would repay, adding an additional 20%, Leviticus 5.16 says. Mm. Um, so, And that was to the person that they'd wronged, that wronged. Not, the, mm-hmm. not the church. Correct, okay. to the person that you wronged. And so there's there's three relationships that are affected in the in the guilt offering. There's the the vertical the up and down vertical relationship between us and God. There's the inner relationship between like you were saying like it is an internal thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the guilt we feel, you know. But then there's also the the person to person the horizontal relationship that's there. And so the guilt offering for you and I through the cross is meant to point us forward to jesus's offering because mm. it covers yeah. all of those right when we when we put our faith in jesus's sacrifice hebrews ten twenty two says that our our consciences are sprinkled clean with the blood of christ so it is an inward work yes but we no longer have just an outward sign that our guilt is dealt with we have this inner witness of jesus um and this comes through a spirit that we've been made guiltless because of Jesus's perfect guilt offering. So not only that, but Jesus pays for the effects of our sin uh, that our sin has on the world around us. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, He fixes the effects of sin through us time. And again, in the new Testament, we see pictures of people who are completely like totally radically changed by the love of Jesus. Like their whole life is changed. Um, and they, because of the way they acted, the way they treated other people, Jesus changes us so we can have an effect on those around us. Where our sin had effect on people around us, mm-hmm. through Jesus now, our life in him can have an effect on other people. Yes. So it's a, it's a total trade-off there. Um, so this is, the, this is the work of Jesus. This is what he does. Um, it's about restoration. Um, and, uh, the good news is he doesn't add 20% <laughs> to it. Um, you know, revelation 21, five, he says, behold, I make all things new. Look, I make everything new. Um, and that's the good news that we, that we have through the cross. I don't know if I mentioned this Sunday, but I think it's worth repeating that, that the sacrifice of Jesus is better than the Levitical sacrifices because, Jesus' sacrifice did what the Levitical sacrifices could never do. They could not make forgiveness of sin possible once and for all. They couldn't. Right. The sacrifices in the Levitical system had to be repeated over and over and over again. That's not how it is for us now. So, like, in Levitical law, if you um, murdered somebody, you'd have to Mm. do that multiple times? If you... For each murder or just for the one murder? Just for the one murder. Uh, no, it'd be the one sacrifice. Okay, I'm just yeah. I'm just asking about the repeatable. Yeah. Well, I think that would, the repeatable for every offense. Oh, because the one sacrifice. Yeah, I'm one sacrifice yeah, yeah, yeah. per one sin. So, and then I'm thinking, okay, well, uh, yeah, thou shalt not murder. I'm wondering what the repercussions of that were. So, yeah. If we're going in. How do you pay 20% of that? Out of that. Yeah. But, yeah. Um,. So, 
with all this, making forgiveness of sins possible, right, through Jesus, they, they all point to him, you know. And I think we, we've made that point over and above, but it's important to note as we look at Leviticus because um, there, there's the ultimate sacrifice. One sacrifice, one time was not enough in the Old Testament. One sacrifice, one time in the New Testament is enough. So, um this is what Paul said. I'll we'll finish up with this. Um, talking about the sacrifice of Jesus being sufficient for, for covering all the sins. In Colossians 2.13, Paul said that God made us alive with Christ before he, because he forgave all of our sins. Alive with Christ. Um, and that's, that's the whole point of it. I will say it one more time. Mm-hmm. God is holy. Mm-hmm. God is gracious. And he wants to be in relationship with us. And this is seen in Leviticus, and it is made complete in Jesus Christ. And to that, you and I can say amen to that. Amen. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Yeah, so that's that's what I have for today, kind of just going a little bit more into some detail on those five um, offering sacrifices. Um, Sacrifice offerings, yeah. It's just kind of crazy that there'd be any livestock left. (laughs) <laughs> after like the sacrifice period I yeah because i think about everything in my life that i would have to make a sacrifice for mm-hmm. yeah well and i really do and this is uh, this is without zero this is no study this is an off-the-cuff comment but i just have to wonder if the day of atonement the once a year to mm-hmm. cover the sins people forgot to cover mm-hmm. or didn't cover yeah if if some people didn't just kind of bank on that oh yeah that's true you know, uh, yeah. I mean, knowing knowing humanity, knowing myself the way I do, uh, I'm yeah. wondering if the Day of Atonement wasn't just like a, whew, okay, good, it's coming. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but uh, it seems uh, kind of likely. Probably. Because <laughs> they were, I mean, they were expecting it to get fulfilled pretty quickly. Right. Yeah, you know, like right. they were, yeah, so, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> um, anything else you want to throw in on this before we? Um, I mean, it's just. You, you you sit back and you read this and then you just I don't want to say how much easier we have it but how much more consolidated yeah like yeah. we can go directly to God now we don't have to have a priest go to God for us anymore no we don't he is our great high priest you know yeah. and and yeah. the because of the sacrifice that Jesus gave yeah. we have a direct line you know, direct, and and I'm not and and I'm not saying that there wasn't a direct line before, but like because there was where God talked to people and mm-hmm. stuff like that, so there was a direct line. Yes, to an extent, I guess. Yes, there's certain people. Yes, but to kn- to know that I don't have to go talk to a priest to to talk to God mm-hmm. is incredible, and I don't have to involve a priest. Uh, to, to, to get forgiveness. Yep. I I can deal directly with the with the maker with the, the alpha and omega. Mm. Yeah. And and I can, I can sit there with God and just pour everything out. Mm-hmm. And and we can talk about it. Yep. And that comes with it's it's kind of a double edged I think because of that. Um, how much we could disregard or i mean we're not hiding it from god no but how much we could ignore or disregard um our sin 
our wrongdoing, our, you know, laziness or whatever you want to call it, because we don't have to go to a priest. We don't yeah. have to go before yeah. a group of people. We don't have to make a, a, a visible physical offering of some sort. Um, it's a challenge. So you're right. It's not, we have it better off. It's just, we have the complete version. Have, so yes. it, if anything, the standard should be higher. The sta- yes. And, and I, <laughs> so, and I know this is true for me. Sometimes I feel like because I have the complete package, it's almost, I can put it off because it's easy to mm-hmm. do Yeah. or it yep. seems like it's easy to fix. I yep. don't have to deal with that right now. I can just do it. I can do it in a little bit. Yep. Yep. And that and that's the danger I see myself fall into. That's very true. That is very true and I'm I'm right there with you on that one for sure. For sure. Well, we will keep on uh muddling through Leviticus. We'll keep together. on companioning. <laughs> that's right. We'll keep on companioning. Uh, maybe we'll, we'll get Justin in here next week because yeah. uh, he's going to be doing the message on, on priesthood this Sunday. So we'll get him in on that conversation. Um, but, uh, Porch Community, as always, we, uh, thank you for hanging in there with us. And I hope this has been helpful and beneficial to you and your, uh, journey of faith. And we look forward to seeing you Sunday and talking to you again soon. Josh, thank you. Thank you. See you. See you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> You've been listening to the 167 Podcast. Join us next time for more insights to inspire, challenge, and encourage to help you live into the remaining 167 hours of your week.